How's everybody doing tonight? Glad you all could be here tonight. I know this was something we put together at the last minute. And, um, well, I know that some of you have changed your plans so you could be here. And I think that's wonderful. And God uh, be praised because of it. Tonight, I just want to get right into things and talk about the special contribution that's going to be coming up here in June. We picked June the 24th as the day when we're hope, we'll hope to have raised $100,000. And um, what I want to talk about a little bit tonight is why we're giving this contribution and encourage you tonight uh, to, uh, to get involved and, and put yourself into this thing, okay? You know, the Bible says, that, uh, says this in Proverbs 3.9, Honor the Lord by giving Him your money and the first part of your crops. We just sang a song a minute ago, a couple of songs back about honoring God, that we want to honor God. I think Danny mentioned something about we want to please God. And we just want to bring glory, honor to the Lord. And one of the ways we do that is, how, is by being generous with, and we've said this for years now, with our time, our talents, and our treasures. Am I right about that? That's what we've talked about. And many of you have been doing that. You've been learning to give more of your time or using your time, whatever it be, to honor God and your talents along with your treasures. And what I've been doing is I've been, what I was thinking about getting ready for tonight, uh, I was just looking in my Bible and looking at maybe uh, some t- places in the Bible uh, that talked about or give us some ideas as to reasons why godly people got, come together and they pooled their resources and they gave them to the Lord. And let me give you three that I've noticed. There's more, but here are three, okay? The number one, or the first reason that godly people gave, they, they gave to build things. If you read the Scriptures, you find that godly people would sometimes get together, pool their resources together to build things. I think about the tabernacle in the Old Testament. Here's a passage up here from Exodus. And this is Moses saying, he says, All you are willing, men and women alike, come, uh, came and brought... Uh, Gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, rings, and ornaments. They all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. And see, Moses had said, look, we're going to build this tabernacle. It was a giant tent that, that was a traveling t- temple, you would say, okay, that went with the people and the, and the presence of God dwelled in the Ark of the Covenant. And these, and if you'll notice, the people brought, they brought their jewelry, they brought their brooches, earrings, rings, all kinds of things, and they gave them, it says, to the Lord to build this tabernacle. And what um, I thought was interesting, when you read Exodus 35, you find out it finally got to the point where Moses said, we don't need any more. Stop bringing anything. Can you imagine a preacher saying that? Stop giving. Wouldn't that be a heart attack? huh? Stop giving. We've got plenty. And it, it goes on to say a marvelous thing. They had more than enough to do the work. Isn't that wonderful? And so that was one of the reasons they, they did that, to build things. They built the tabernacle. Another uh, uh, thing that they built, another item that came along was the, t- the temple. And we, here's a passage here I found in 1 Chronicles 29. This wants you to read along with me. Look what David says here. This is David. He, he doesn't get to build the temple himself. His son's going to get to build the temple. But that doesn't keep David from being involved. You know, he may not be there actually putting it all together, but he has been waiting for that moment. And here's what he says. With all my resources I have provided for the temple of God, gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, wood for the wood, as well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, stones of various colors, all kinds of fine stone and marble, and all these in large quantities. Did you notice that? He says, I brought, I've got these reserved to build the temple, and I've got, the stuff I'm bringing is in large quantities. 
Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures. He's saying, this is what I've collected over the years, and now I'm going to get, this is what I'm giving out of my personal treasures of gold, silver for the temple of my God, over and above everything I provided for this holy temple. He says, now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? He's basically saying, who's willing to honor God, to join me and honor God this way? And in verse uh, 6, I thought this was interesting. It says, Then the leaders of the families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands and the commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work, gave willingly. Isn't that awesome? David says as a leader, look, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I'm giving from my personal treasury. I'm providing all this stuff. And who will join me? And the people join him. Lots of people get together and they give to build things. And um, that's one thing, an example there in the, in, the, in the Bible. Here's reason number two, I noticed, that godly people give to help the poor. You find that in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Look at this. Part of the law, part of the law to God's people, Israel, was to help the poor. It says, if any of your people become poor and unable to support themselves, you must help them. And so they didn't want any poor people in the nation. Look at Deuteronomy 15 here. No one in Israel should ever be poor. After the Lord your God gives land to each of you, there may be poor Israelites in the town where you live. If there are, then don't be mean and selfish with your money. Instead, be kind and lend to them what they need. Acts chapter 2, the early church. You know, it wasn't just the Old Testament. This is a pattern in the New Testament church. They would bring all their stuff together sometimes and help poor people. I think the Bible says somewhere in the book of Acts, there were no needy people among them. What a, what a church, huh? No needy people among them. And here's an example of what they did in Acts 2.45. They would sell their land and the things they owned and then divided the money to give it to anyone who needed it. So we see God's people gathering to build things. We see God's people gathering together and giving, not only to build things, but to help the poor. And here's a third thing I noticed too, and third reason, godly people give to support ministry. That's also found in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Here's Numbers 18. It says, The Lord said to Aaron, I'm putting you in charge of all the contributions given to me. I'm giving you and your descendants all the holy gifts from the Israelites as you share. I am giving the Levites one-tenth of every Israelite's income. This is in return for the work they do at the tent of meeting. And by the way, if we remember one time we talked about this, each Israelite priest would work in the temple for two weeks. So they got paid to do that when they worked in the temple for two weeks. You do a study of the history of the Levites. They had no land to call their own. When the, when the 12 tribes were given land, the Levites were not. They, were, they lived in every, every allocated property of the 12 tribes. And they were given so much square footage or so many square miles to farm. They took care of their families. But they were also supported by the rest of the people. And look at this in 1 Corinthians 9. Here we see a New Testament example. The Lord gave orders that those who preach the good news should be supported by those who benefit from it. So, so the, the church gives to, yes, to build things, to help the poor, and to support ministry. The Bible commands it. I love this passage of Philippians 4. Paul is thanking his sweetheart church, the church of Philippi, and look what he says, but it was good that you helped me when I needed it. You Philippians remember when I first preached the good news there. 
when I left Macedonia. You were the only church that gave help. Several times you sent me things I needed when I was in Thessalonica. Really, it was not that I wanted to receive gifts from you, but I want you to have the good that comes from giving. And so this church supported Paul's ministry and took care of him. Now, I give you these three. These are three ones you can find just like that. You know, there's, there's others. I'd like to give you what I've learned over the years. Why I, I guess I'm sharing a little bit about why I'm giving to this special contribution. But I believe there are reasons why I'd like you to be. You know, uh, Gary and Alan, I would love for you to be involved this year in this special contribution. Uh, so why, why are we having this special contribution is the question I want to answer now. Well, number one, to stretch our faith. I don't know many things that stretch my faith. I think sharing my faith does it. Would you say that? Sharing the gospel? Sharing what you believe with your neighbors? Serving does that? But i got to tell you, giving really stretches my faith. It it does that. And and I want you to know tonight, uh, kind of clear up some stuff here. I don't know if it's going to clear it up. may muddy it even more. $100,000 $100,000 is not really the goal. That's not the only goal that we're having in front of us here. All right? The goal is to stretch. We were talking about this. Gary and Alan and I were sitting around talking, and we're talking about what if we don't hit the goal. Every time we, we have a, a special contribution, it has a set number. Somebody will always say, I remember counting that big one we did possess the land. We're in the old office, and we're all sweating bullets. Are we going to have enough? Is there going to be enough money? And we're thinking, oh, what if we come short? What will it do to the church? And, you know, that's a natural thing to have that kind of dialogue. And then I just asked those two fellows, I said, you know, how many goals have we set at Greater Alton that we've not hit? I've lost count. I really have. And I, and, and, and I want you to know tonight is that the goal is not that we hit $100,000. The goal is I want to be stretched. I want my faith to be stretched. It's a stretch for me may not be a stretch for you, or a stretch for you may not be a stretch for me, but all of us have our faith stretched. That's the goal. That's, a, that's what we want you to experience, is your faith being stretched. You know, um, I've heard somebody say one time that uh, two things say a lot about my faith. They say a lot about your faith. Your schedule book and your checkbook. Would you agree with that? Think about it, how you spend your time and how you spend your money. It says a lot about your faith. And our faith is like a muscle, folks, and you have to exercise it. And if you don't use it, guess what? You will lose it. But when you exercise it, when we're, when we're learning to, to flex that muscle and stretch, and generosity sure stretches, it sure exercises my faith, I bet it does yours too. And when you do that, oh my, you get, your faith gets stronger. It, it benefits so much by it. And so, it, it, to me, giving moves my... De- Listen, it moves my desires and my dialogue to action. I do put my money where my mouth is. I really have an opportunity to do that. And so I just want you to think about that. Let this stretch your faith. Don't let it stretch your criticism or your doubts. Let it stretch your faith. Look, it says in 2 Corinthians 8 here, Paul says, but since you excel in everything, he says, you guys shine, you stand out. Since you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. 
He says, man, I want you to grow and I want you to stretch in this idea of giving. Oh, sure, I want you to grow in faith. Sure, I want you to grow in knowledge. But generosity, I want you to grow in that too. And that requires stretching. See, giving is good for you and me. Let's just think about that for a minute. It's good to give. I think Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. And, and you know, I, I've, I'm learning that. I'm still learning that. There's times I like receiving. Uh-huh. But he says it's more blessed to give than receive. And there's something that's good for you and I. It loosens the grip of materialism on our hearts when we give, when we're willing to share and be generous. I'm saying to God when I give, each time I give, Lord, thank you for providing. And I believe you'll take care of me. That's the kind of faith that I'm expressing. And it also says, I care so much about this that I'm willing to invest in it. And besides all that, folks, it just feels good. It just feels good to be generous. So that's one, that's one of the reasons we're having this special contribution. The second reason is to do something powerful together. I just, I want to do something powerful together. Years ago, a few years back, it's been two or three years, we were sitting there talking about this, going, man, I want to, we're all sitting there going, I want to do something. I want to see the church do something together that we're unified and we just gather around and we're going to do this together. And I remember thinking, what about paying some off this note? Some churches have done that. And it creates great unity. We're all in it together. And we kind of went, you know, that's a great idea. But we kind of just let it sit there. And this year we said, why don't we just give it a shot? Let's try it. Look at the Bible says here. Two can accomplish more than twice as much as one. For the results can be much better. And then it says in verse 12, three are even better. I know that many of us here, you know, you pray and you do things individually. Many of you here have helped a lot of people individually. You've remained anonymous. You don't want anybody to know that you've helped somebody go to church camp, let's say, or you've helped somebody with gas money, or you've, or you've given a little bit extra so that we could have something fixed around here, and you don't want anybody to know. You know, one of the things you look around, you don't see anything dedicated to so-and-so, plaques everywhere, right? You, you know, that's, I love that about us. We're not interested in going, look at me, look what I'm doing. And many of you have done this. You have given and you've sacrificed. And I just praise God for you. I'm thankful that I have brothers and sisters that will do things like that. But something incredibly powerful happens when we pool our stuff together. What is it? You know, we pray. But when two or three are praying or gather together, I'm not saying Jesus doesn't show up if you're by yourself. But he says, you know Jesus is there if there's two or three of you gathering in His name. Something powerful when people come together. It's like one snowflake versus an avalanche. It's just amazing what can happen when we come together like that. I think about all the things we've accomplished over the years in this church when we've asked you to give. We've asked this congregation to give. I think about carpet. I think about lights. I think about Buildings. I think about sending people on a team. I think about planning churches. About giving toys away. Giving. I remember when we used to give clothes away. And we didn't give away what we didn't want. We gave away the clothes we liked. 
having a clothing giveaway. I remember one time we had a sleeping bag. Somebody had brought a sleeping bag in our church just to have it set there while he was, you know, helping with the clothing giveaway. And somebody gave his sleeping bag away. <laughs> and he didn't care. I just think about all the different kids that have been sent to camp. How many hot water heaters, water pumps, shock absorbers, tires. You know what I'm saying? That have been bought by people, by this congregation. Somebody needs food. We need to, we, do, we, we want a place to have a, a, a gazebo. And so somebody says, well, I'll just do it. We want some lights. Don't you love our lights? I don't know if you've noticed, it's brighter in our church building. Not right at, now these lights here haven't been changed over. Mike have got a deal. Him and Don have been working on changing our lights over to LED. And you go out in the parking lot now, you don't, you're not scared that the lights are on. I, I think it's wonderful. Where'd that, where'd that come from? Well, it didn't come out of thin air, folks. It come from somebody being generous. I think about, you know, uh, possess the land. Some of you were here when we did that. Bought that land for our parking lot. Bought the land behind us so we wouldn't be landlocked. Some of you sold things. Some of you didn't go on vacations. Why are you doing that? Why did we do that as a church? Powerful things happened. We, we did send a church out. Started a new church and supported ministry there. Supported the point man in that ministry for two more years. You know, we, I think we sent him with 100000 We ended up giving about a quarter of a million dollars to that endeavor. How do we do that? Only God makes that possible. The carpet here, $20,000, the carpet, the small, large and small dome. And a fellow wrote a check for it. He's not even here anymore. He showed up, did some stuff, moved on. And here we are benefiting from it. See, much of the stuff we've accomplished together, even the baptisms we've had, the events we've had, uh, the connections we've made, so refreshing to see so many new faces at church this morning. It's exciting. And, you know, Gary did a good job, too. That's, you know, that's important. Am I right? Man, don't blow it, guys. Do a good job. I've got some guests here. It's exciting when we work together. Three are even better. Two hundred's even better. Three hundred's even better. It's amazing what we accomplish. And I want to challenge you tonight to be to partner yourself with everybody else in this church for this special contribution. You know, your leaders, your seasoned leaders that are sitting in these seats are in. They they are they are bought into this. But you know, the rest of us. Let's buy in too. Let's join our leadership. Let's join and be together and, and do this together because something crazy and remarkable happens when we pool everything together. I just love seeing that when that happens. Number three, we've been asked to financially help another ministry. Low Prairie Bible Camp um, is not the only ministry that we've helped before. We've helped some missionaries before. We've helped some ministries. John Clayton, 
Gospel Chariot, Mike Napier. We've helped some churches in the past or some ministries in the past. And this this particular year, Little Prairie has been asking for some help. And that's one of the reasons we're doing this special contribution. I want to tell you, I, I, didn't, I didn't go to Little Prairie as a, as a camper. By the way, how many of you have been to church camp, period? You went to church camp as a kid, okay? How many of you went somewhere else besides Little Prairie? Okay, does it really matter? I, I, I went to church camp. Guys, I went to a church camp, all boys. All boys. I, I met my first African-American. Is that what I... At church camp. Danny and I were like, wow. We've seen them on TV. You're in, I just got to be honest with you. We're in Southern Illinois. You were in Southern Illinois. And, and I, some of our closest, we got, we get, became buddies. It was awesome. But it was all boys. I thought maybe my mother sent me and Danny to church camp because we were troublemakers or something. Maybe we did something wrong. Because, you know, that's, there's something wrong about, it's all boys. What's that about? But then I, then I was, I became, when I got older, I went to another camp in Louisville, Illinois, Epworth Youth Institute. Doesn't that just sound insane? No pun intended. But went there, went, went there and had the time of my life at church camp. I made some big decisions at church camp. Anybody here make some big decisions at church camp? I remember deciding I was going to follow Jesus at church camp. I remember deciding I was going to date and marry a woman that loved the Lord at church camp. And Little Prairie has helped, I don't know, thousands, thousands of kids. How many of you were a camper at Little Prairie? Would you stand? Just stand. If you've ever been a camper at Little Prairie. You went to primary week. Look at that. Look at that. Awesome. How many of you, you can sit down. How many of you have been on staff at Little Prairie at some time? Stand up. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. You can have a seat. Church camp's a big deal. And you know, I didn't get, I didn't get to do anything for Zions Hill Camp, which was just a stone throw away from where I grew up, or to Epworth Youth Institute, but I got a chance to speak to Low Prairie Bible Camp. I got to speak to their board, as well as some of their major contributors last year, and I got to thank them for doing what somebody did for me. And you don't have to go to church at Low Prairie by the way, you're benefiting from the church little prayer. You see how many people stand up, stood up as campers and as counselors? We benefit so much from this camp. One of the things I thought found remarkable as I was learning about this church camp was that they charge, they used to charge $75 and in 30 years it's raised to $95. It costs $160 actually costs that much to support a camper at Little Prairie Bible Camp. And what they do is they do fundraising. They do a lot of other stuff to make up for that cost because they want it to be affordable. I think Camp Neotez is $180. And that's just across the river. You know, and these, I said, why don't you guys raise your prices? And they said, because we want church camp to be accessible to everyone. And so... I don't know, I just, I just wanted to think about that. I think about a little girl, I'm not going to say her name. She go, went to a little bitty church in Missouri. She came to, to camp, church camp two years ago. Some of you remember, she was about this tall and blonde and a pistol. A pistol, man. Full of energy. 
And as the as they unloaded the, the church van and she gets out, first time she'd been at church camp, the preacher there says to me, by the way, um, today, uh, since she's coming from a tough home, the dad is just getting out of prison and the mom is going in. She's been there two years now. She came last year too. And last year, it was good to hear, says, by the way, the family's doing really well now. And I say, well, a week at camp? I am, I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't be a minister if it weren't a week at camp. I am telling you, it's an amazing place. And if I can't go and be a camper anymore, and I can't go and be on staff, I can sure at least support one. And that's what I want us to do. I'm asking you to do that. You know, um, like I say, that's one of the reasons. They've asked us for help. Number four. And that's to take a major step to get out of debt. That's the next thing I want to tell you. That's why we're doing this. Ever since I can remember, and some of you have been since the beginning, since the beginning, we've had debt hanging over us. Mike, am I right? It's always been there. You know, when we even got into the old grocery store part of the building, we acquired debt there. That church of nine people, if I remember, and I could be wrong, just said, would you just take over the payments? And we took over the payments and we inherited the debt because they couldn't take care of it anymore. When we bought, I think we got the land and, and then we got the building, we still had some of that debt. It kind of rolled over. It just gets Some remnants of what we owe now are from when this church started. I don't think God wants us to be in debt, okay? And I'm embarrassed to say that the church is in debt because of this mortgage. And I'm not, I'm even ashamed of it. I want to take a stab at it. Maybe we can't knock it all out in one shot, but we can sure take a shot at it. You know what I'm saying? David carried some extra stones for a reason. So why don't we just take and sling one at this giant thing and see what happens? You know? And so, I, I, you know, I don't know everything. I know that we've got some reports now. Financial reports uh, out for people. I don't know where they are. There's supposed to be some reports. Am I right, Mike? No, no, there's not. Okay, I thought there was supposed to be. They're available. Okay. And I, and I one of the things that um, I feel like the special contribution would do is go a long way in tackling this mortgage and eliminating this burden of debt on not just us as a church presently, but our children. And our grandchildren. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting was that it was brought to my attention last year. We paid thirty thousand dollars in interest. That's a third of our payment of our yearly payment. Thirty thousand dollars in interest. By the way, the interest rate is four percent. Am I correct, Mike? Four percent, pretty good. But thirty thousand dollars in interest. And if we were to, let's say, put $80,000 toward this, and we might be able to do more, but let's say $80,000 goes to the note. Here's what was given to me. Um, it would take 15 months off of payments, 15 payments off, off of books. I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, okay, I'm not getting this right, that by June we'll have eight years to go on the note. Am I right? Good. I got a nod. Okay. Well, yeah, right around eight years. 
This would take a year and what, three months off? We would save, if I, if we understand this correctly. I don't understand everything quite. I wish I did. You're kidding me, Tim. No, I'm, I, I have trouble figuring money out too. But we would save $31,000 in interest if we could tackle this with one, just one knock. Um, we could do that. And I, and I understand as well is that our payments, we keep the same and they would even be more aggressive toward the principal. Am I correct about that, Mike? Yeah. I know one of the things I'm entertaining, not saying you have to do this. I'm just telling you what I'm planning on doing. Even after, even after we do this special contribution, I'm thinking of upping my contribution in some way and saying I want it to go on the note just to even more aggressively go after this. I was talking to my mom about this on the phone. She's, she goes, can I participate? I said, no, mom, you cannot participate. No, I said, sure. I don't know if you know this. She sends it. She's sending. She's gonna start sending a check again. Okay, a weekly contribution. She says, "Tim, this is my home church." You know, I, I, um, I'm listening to people as we talk about this uh, amongst ourselves. They hear stories. It inspires them or encourages them to do that as well. And so, I just want to say to you, you know, I don't know all the, the all the little details about about what this would do, but I know enough to know. This could go a long way in relieving the debt that we're passing on to our children and our grandchildren. I think Gary said something about if we could get rid of this mortgage, we could, we could help the poor. And I want you to know, of course, we could help more with the poor. Many of you do help already. We'd be able to do it even more. And I think that's cool. As well as, Lord knows what else. I, I was talking to a, a preacher in town and uh, we've, gone, we've gone very close. And I said, uh, is your building paid off? He says, yes, it is. How long has it been paid off? For 35 years. I said, that's older than this congregation. What do you do with all your money? We help Christian family services. We support missionaries. We're able to do so much stuff, Tim, and it feels... How's it feel? How's it feel? He says, it feels real good. And I want you to know, I, I look at my grandbabies now, I don't want them strapped. I don't even want my kids strapped with this debt. I'd like to see it paid off before I go. It'd be kind of cool. That's enough of that, okay? So, so um, what can I do? Let me wrap this up by just saying, what can I do? Well, let me try to answer that question. First, here's what you can do. I can make a decision to give myself to God. I just give myself to God. You say, what do you mean by that? That I say, Lord, I am yours. And why did I need to do that? When I, when I make that kind of commitment and that kind of, that statement, a promise, a vow to God, then it's real clear everything that belongs, that I have belongs to Him. Because if I belong to Him, then my assets belong to Him, my plans belong to Him, my earnings belong to Him. My take-home pay belongs to Him. See how that works? It, it's really, it, really, it really clears up a lot of confusion. My dad used to say, money makes people funny. I think he meant confused. Because when, when we start thinking about giving, well, I've got to take care of my family. I've got to take care of the bills. And you have, Listen, we're to be good stewards. And yes, we're to take care of our family. But we're also to be generous. And one of the things I can do, you know, 
uh, not just generous with my family, folks, but with the world and with God's kingdom, is to give myself to the Lord. That's what the Macedonians did, according to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. They first gave themselves to the Lord. That's what David meant when he said, who will consecrate themselves before the Lord? Will you give yourself to the Lord? I, I ask you to start there. Number two, I ask God to help me be generous because sometimes I need help because I'm a selfish person. Amen. I can say it. We're going to be very selfish. We can be very self-centered. We can make it about ourselves. And so I sometimes need to ask God. I love this, what Paul says to the Church of Corinth in the International Children's Bible. I use the Children's Bible for my benefit. If you want to give, your gift will be accepted. Man, if, if you have a desire and you want to give, God will accept that gift. And it's not, he says that your gift will be judged by what you have, not by what you don't have. He's not saying go into debt to do something. He's not saying that. He's not saying give as much as somebody else that can give more. No, he's not saying that. He says, man, if you be as willing as everybody else is what he's saying. Be as willing as everybody else. Give yourself to the Lord and ask God and be willing. And when you do that, He'll accept your gift. And that's what really matters. Not whether I accept your gift or not, but the Lord accept your gift. You see, a stretch for you and a stretch for me is going to be different. I remember years ago, a woman by the name of Faith Smith, we had the Possess the Land campaign. And... She was poor. I think one time I uh, heard uh, somebody say, you could spell poor with five O's. That's how poor, you know. This per- and she was four O's poor, okay? Four O's poor. And we're talking about the special contribution, and Faye just sat there, smiled. And one day, you know, we had the special contribution, and, and she gave $10. That year I gave $20,000. It's a lot of money. And she goes, man, Tim, I only gave 10 bucks. I said, Faye, can I ask you a question? What? Get your purse out. I got my wallet out. I said, how much money you got in your purse? And she laughs like this. (laughs) She always laughs like that. (laughs) Now, Tim, you know, I don't have a dime. You don't? I still got $20 in my billfold. And I still got thousands of dollars in my checking account. Faye, you outgave me. There wasn't a contest here. I'm just trying to tell you, she was just she was willing to give her last ten dollars. Kind of like the widow. And she gave her two mites. She knew God would take care of her family. And God and Jesus looked at her and said, Wow, she gave all she had. She was willing to give. And I'm just simply saying to you tonight. Ask God to help you be generous. Ask God to help you figure out how much you're going to give. Ask God to help you figure out, you know, uh, how you're going to come up with it. Let the Holy Spirit help you decide that. Number three, trust God to provide for you. When we talk about this giving stuff, it's like, what if I give this much? I don't know where the, how am I going to, been there, done that, do that myself. What if I do that? What if this goes wrong? What if, how am I going to, what's going to happen? You know, God will take care of you is what's going to happen. Look at this. Remember this. He says to the church at Corinth, remember something. Boy, you better listen then. The person who plants a little will have a small harvest. The person who plants a lot 
We'll have a big harvest. This isn't Joel Olstein. This is the Apostle Paul. Hello? Okay? That's what it says. Each of you should give as you've decided in your heart to give. And you know what? It's hard for me to decide. That's why I'm asking God to help me. You should not be sad when you give. Say that? Is that what it says? You should not be sad. I wish I, I wish you to put you should not be mad. Well, he didn't say I can't be mad. You should not be sad when you give. And you should not give because you feel forced to give. Tim, you're just twisting my arm off. Yeah, I'm so hard, aren't I? I'm just a hard nose. I'm so mean. He says, listen, don't give. If, if, if you're sad, don't give because you feel like you got, you've been forced to. God loves the person who gives happily. He says, man, He wants you to give till it feels good, not till it hurts. That's what He wants. And I want you to know, your eldership and your leaders around here, that's what we want too. To give till it feels good. God loves a cheerful giver. He gets excited about that. And look what it says. Here's the promise. And God can give you more blessings than you need to. Then you will always have plenty of everything. Enough to give to every good work. And I don't know how many times I've, I've tried to outgive God and I have failed. And I'm proud of it. I'm glad He outgave me. I think, man, I'll, okay, we'll just see. We'll test you. All right, here you go. Hi, I'll see you top. Wait a second. You didn't even let it go a week there. How, what happened? Or, or what, a, what a year I've had. And it's not just financial blessings, but all kinds of blessings He begins to pour on my life. God will provide for you when you give. And I, I just want you to remember that. Number four, be willing to sacrifice. In other words, be willing to go without. I remember possess the land. Um, I had an Alice tractor. Uh, I loved that little thing. Worked on it all the time. Smelled like it. The grease was in my my skin. Reminded me of uh, riding uh, with my father in the field. Same kind of tractor. Same color. Same sound. Oh, I loved that tractor. And possess the land came by. Came up. What are we going to do? And are people going to give? And I decided I was going to sell my tractor. And Denise goes, do we, we don't need to sell that tractor. And I thought to myself, you're right. We don't need to sell it. But I've got to sell it. I want to sacrifice. And I remember she and I watching them haul that tractor in that trailer when we sold it. And they drove off with both balling. It was a tractor. I felt it. And I was glad I did it. Every time I see a kid going through the, the halls of this. I see new Christians. Every time I see a baptism, it was worth it. It was worth it. David said this in 2 Samuel 24. He wanted to buy a threshing floor. He, want, he wanted to get some cattle and, and do a, make a sacrifice to God. And this fellow said, no, I'll give you this threshing floor. I'll give you the cattle. And look what his response is. I will not sacrifice the Lord my God. Burnt offerings that cost me Nothing. I want it to cost me something. I want to stretch. I want to test the Lord. I want to do this like this. And I pray that you'll have the same kind of heart. Be willing to sacrifice. Adjust your spending. Sell some things. Maybe you have to, maybe you need to increase your contribution. Maybe you need to give regularly. Really test the Lord and give regularly and trust Him. And not sporadically. You know, take advantage of 
of money classes. Uh, there's this financial, free, uh, financial Peace University. I know of a small group that's going to go through that information. Maybe your small group should go through that information. Maybe you should join a small group so you can go through that, that information. It would encourage you. It would help you. Talk, talk to other people about it. What are you planning on doing? I just listen, I listened to a couple talking about how they're going to change their plans this year because they want to participate. And I said, what, what, what's the deal? Why are you so excited? Well, I listened to you a little bit the other day and I thought, I want to, I want to participate. And folks, when we talk about it, you say, I don't know where we get this idea. It's none of your business what I'm giving. You know, the Bible says don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Some of you here probably do that well. You don't know what you're doing one minute the next. I get it. Okay? And I'm not saying we ought to be bellering out, look what I'm doing. I'm not saying that. But you know, sometimes we give other people ideas when we talk about our plans. It helps them stimulate their imagination and their faith. Well, I get I could do that. I could do that. I love eBay. I'm selling a lot of stuff on eBay and I'm planning to give a lot of that to the special contribution. There's different ways to earn, different ways to find money. So be willing to sacrifice. Be willing to go without. Let it cost you something, church. You'll be glad later. I'm glad it cost me. Your faith will grow. It'll stretch. And you'll see the fruit of that when you honor God this way. And number five, start giving now. Don't be afraid to start giving now. You don't have to wait. Already we have an account set up. We've already got some money in there. People are already starting to do it. I would love for us to get, you know, we're, we, we, we're giving into this thing and then come, June 24th comes. Before June 24th, I have to say, stop, we've hit the goal. You don't have to give anymore. And I know some of you keel over. But wouldn't that be great to say that? Be able to do that? But by June, you know, you can start giving all the way from now until June 24th. We're going to have a celebration that night. On the 24th of June, you're saying saying that a lot because we'll forget what day that is. It's June 24th. We're going to be doing this and we're going to wrap that thing up and we're going to take a swing at our mortgage and we're going to help a ministry and we're going to learn what it means to be it's more blessed to give and receive. Let me close with this last passage. I love this passage because God is, is, is saying, test me. He's telling some people of His day, test me. He says, bring one-tenth of your income into the storehouse. Some translations say, bring the whole thing, the whole tenth, into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord of armies. See if I won't open the windows of heaven for you and flood you with blessings. He goes, I double-dog dare you. Just try it and see what happens. You see, when God did that, the cross came about. And because of that great sacrifice, we're all blessed by it. Church, the giving hearts of our ancestors, our spiritual ancestors, we sat in seats. Remember the seats? When we sat up here, many of you up here, we had one chair sitting in the middle, and I stood back there. I could hear people breathing in their heartbeats. We had none of this ceiling stuff up. We just had it. It was empty. We put one chair in the middle, and I said, anybody here? We're just want to say we're wanting to have some chairs. Why don't you buy a chair for yourself and for the people you would love to see come here and be a part of us? And we 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 got more chairs than we needed. I remember one family bought a whole row, a whole row of chairs. You're sitting in a chair you probably didn't pay for. 
Somebody else did it. That was their turn. You know, we shot this, I don't know what you call it. It's the safest building, in, that's an asset. It's the safest building in Madison County. Might be one of the, not the prettiest. I like this. I mean, I, I mean, there's times I wish we didn't have, and there's times I'm glad we do. But somebody signed some names to stuff. Somebody invested into some notes, and somebody did. You may have not been that person, but somebody else did. Somebody else remodeled the back where we used to meet, so children and maybe your children meet there. We don't have children yet. Listen, Matt and Brian used to say that too. It's catching up. We got a third grandkid coming from them. Nathan said, How's that happen? I think they know how it happens. It's how do you stop it? But I remember Susan Chapel sitting we're sitting there on a napkin trying to design how do we make this look and what do we want it to do and Somebody else, we, we raised a over, over $100,000 to remodel that. I've watched this church, every time it's been asked, step right up. Everything from land, brick and mortar, carpet, church plants, and even recently when we sent a boy with his mommy back to the Philippines and raised that money within hours, I didn't even give to that. I'm just being, I didn't have to. I mean, there's been times we've had contribution and we're not going to make it, Tim. And I'd get my checkbook out thinking I better. I didn't even have to worry about that. Think about that for a minute. All the things, not to shame us, to build gratitude. We're standing on the shoulders of a past generation that's got us here. That's why I don't even know those men and women that contributed to Mount Zion Christian or church camp outside of Fairfield, Illinois. And if I could thank them, I would. Well, I think I can. I can thank them by supporting a church camp. I can thank, I can thank my predecessors for the things they've done, the money they've spent, the vacations they put off, the new vehicles they decided not to buy, the sacrifice they made when it was their turn. I don't want to sound like the Goonies here, folks. But it's our time. Our time. It's our turn. Some of you here go, Tim, I've been here for every turn. So it's our time. Our time again. And I don't know of any better investment into eternity. There's a few I can think of. But one of the best is when we pull our resources together, I long for the day this church hasn't got the debt it has. Wonder what it will do then. Wonder I, I would like to be around with it see to see it. Well, why don't we just see what happens? Let's do this this time and just see if God won't open the floodgates. Let's test him. You want tested, Lord? We'll test you. You know, I'm not going to bring you something that anybody can, you know, I can do, I could do on a whim. No, I'm going to stretch myself. I'm going to, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to make it cost me something because that's the test. Let's see if you really are the God you are. And I believe you'll come through. Let's pray and we'll be through. Father, thank you for what we've looked at tonight. 
Father, I want to thank you for, thank you for this church. Thank you for the people here. I looked around the crowd and I thought they were here when we, we were involved in putting together a semi-load of stuff to send down to Katrina. Some of them here went there too. They escorted that thing all the way down there. Some of us here, we came later and we helped improve the children's classrooms. Father, I just think about all the people that needed a hot water heater, a roof, some siding, an auto repair, some help with a funeral, some help with food. Twenty bucks. You know, just all kinds of ways. Clothing and toy giveaways. Some of us have been to all of them. Some of us have went down to Little Prairie or in other camps and worked on that campus. Roofing cabins. Cleaning out ditches, mowing, clearing out weeds, even going all different parts of this country, helping, serving, giving. Oh God, this week I just I thought about what would happen. You know, what what would what will this church do with this special contribution? And Father, all I could think of. Was all I got to do is ask. I know what this church is capable of. Father, I just pray you unleash our faith that we all put our, we all do this together and watch something powerful take place. I'm sure some of us have questions. I'm sure some of us are wondering where's it going to come from. Would you supply the answers, Father? And we'll give you the glory. We give you the glory and the praise. Because you know really how to give. And we benefit from it so much. We offer this prayer of thanksgiving, Father. Help us give. Help us give. The next six months here, Father. Show us how to do it. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.